Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. I thought I'd address something that I hear a lot of people say, and a lot of this is in relationships, private, personal, intimate relationships, as well as it is in business, that I think a lot of people don't talk about. Have you ever said to yourself, ranted, hopefully privately, that you just wish your clients would appreciate you? And instead of treating you like their slave and their own personal biatch, maybe, you know, they would be grateful for all the service that you provide and the work that you do for them. Have you ever or heard someone say to you, I just want to be loved for who I am? Well, if you can relate to this and feel this and it's a frustration within you, this podcast should help you. Now, I hear people say this a lot and my reply to them is, well, then you've got to show the world who you really are. If you want to be valued and appreciated and loved for who you are, stop pretending to be someone else. So the veil of sort of protecting us from weaknesses from vulnerability, from embarrassment, from being judged, you know, uh, major fear of failure and failure in public. All of these things build a wall around us, hiding who we really are from the world. And then on the other extreme, people who are maybe over-marketing or trying to overblow their strengths or create false credibility or exaggerating or trying to impress people, they're building the same wall where they're building a, a bigger picture of who they are. And therefore, then anyone that they attract into their life, they will feel let down by you when they find out who you really are. So number one, most important thing is being self-aware of who you are, your balanced strengths and weaknesses, your uniqueness, not overly humbleizing yourself and remembering that you've got a life story that's valuable to the world, not over-exaggerating yourself to try and impress people to win a quick bit of business only to let them down or yourself down in the future and create tension and guilt. And I've probably got about 15 tips coming up that I think should really help you. And I think these are broken down into two categories. Number one is, how do you find out who you really are? You know, how do you have that self-awareness to really know yourself? Because often we're the easiest people to lie to and we're the most deluded about how we're being perceived in the world and, you know, with our relationships. And then the second thing is, how do you get the message of who you really are out to the world? So let's start with the first one then. How do you find out who you really are? Number one, love yourself for who you are and honour the greatness and uniqueness that is you. We are all unique. We're all a unique genius. There's no one as good in the world at being us as us. Honour that, love that, discover that, show the world that without guilt, fear, shame, doubt, because there's nothing more liberating than being able to show the world who you are. Number two, then, is forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made in your life. No one who ever succeeded wildly never failed wildly. And the scale of your success will be relative to the risks, the challenges and the failures you had too. We all fail equally and succeed equally. We pedestalize these people in media and society you know, in the celebrity world with airbrushing and, you know, films that don't really tell you the whole life story about, you know, how they're, they're ama- these amazing people who've never made any mistakes. We all make them, but that's okay. That makes you human. We're perfectly imperfect and perfectly imperfect. 
So forgive yourself for the mistakes you made. The mistakes you made, especially to other people that you feel guilty about, that equally served them because it probably helped them grow and gave them challenge so that they could improve in certain areas too. So any mistake you made that you really feel bad about with, in parenting or with a client or some bad online PR where you got emotional, well, that also served the recipient and served you equally. When you discover that, you realize it's as gift as, a gift as much as it is a curse. Number three, allow yourself to accept you're not broken and that you're perfect as you are. If you're always trying to fix yourself and you think that you're failed and flawed and you're not good enough and you don't have enough credibility and all these things, then you're always going to feel broken and you're never going to feel worthy. Because we're all imperfectly perfect, we're all as broken as we are fixed. And that's okay because that's human beings. You know, we've no, there's no manual for life. There's no manual for parenting. There's no manual for building a great business. Of course, there are people that have done it that you can learn from. But I think that if you think that there's something wrong with you, you're never going to feel worthy of money and great clients and great relationships. And that would be a, a terrible shame. And that leads me on to number four, which is accepting your strengths as strengths and your weaknesses as weaknesses as they are. Now, you normally have two extremes of this. Some people are either overblowing their strengths and are a bit deluded about what they're good at. And maybe they're just trying to overdo their marketing a bit or maybe, you know exaggerate their marketing messages so that they attract more business because they maybe don't have an abundance mindset because they think if they tell the absolute truth, it's not credible enough and then they won't bring in enough clients and have enough business. The problem with doing that is you attract the wrong kinds of people and then they're let down by the reality of you, which isn't as big as the perception or the promise. And then it costs you more in refunds and extra customer services. So, you're, you know, the other side of that then is if you're overly humble about you know, the fact that you don't think you've got much credibility or you've got much experience, even though you've lived a life and you've got this unique experience and you've got transmutable experience in other areas and you've had epic victories and epic fails, which all create the unique story of you, which is marketable if you show the world who it is. So balance those two. Admit some of your weaknesses, package them as strengths. Honour the fact that you're not great at everything and downplay some of your strengths too, or at least be very self-honest about them. It's very liberating to do that, by the way, because I've been at both extremes, whereas an artist, I've really downplayed my skills. And I've also tried to impress people because I don't want them to think that I'm less than who I am. But then I just create this false persona and then I just attract problems. I remember one time when I was an artist and I, I was very interested in design and I had an architecture degree, etc., and so on my art website, I put that I do some interior design services and, you know, I can help people sort of design, you know, their houses. And I didn't have any experience in that. I had a passion for design. And I probably had a good eye and I probably could have created a good sort of, you know, concept, but I, nothing, I didn't know anything about the structure of construction. And someone approached me and he wanted to basically redesign the whole interior of his house. And I went over to see him and he was talking about changing levels and all this construction and structure. And whilst I could see the vision of what it could look like, I had no idea about that. And I sort of for a bit said to him, OK, I can do this. And he was really pushing me and he really wanted me to do it. And I felt this awful guilt inside because I, I actually, if I was honest, I thought whilst I could give him a concept, I can't do all this structure and construction. And this is just going to be a massive mess. And I also really feared saying to him, sorry, I don't think I could do this because I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want him, him to think badly of me. And I think it was the first time in my life I actually remember saying to him, I can't do this. I could give you a concept, but I cannot do the construction and structure. You should go to someone else. And it was very liberating. And he was very grateful. And he said, thank you and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like this massive lift weight off my shoulders to stop pretending to do something that I couldn't do. Number five then is balancing confidence and humility. You need both, but neither in the extreme. 
Number six is trusting your intuition. You know who you are. You know where you've been. You know what you've done. Show the world who it is. And, you know, a lot of people don't trust their intuition. And I think that that's a real shame. And you know the right type of clients for you. You know who you should say yes and no to. You know if you're trying to impress someone or you're trying to downplay what you've done. I had a coaching session with um, a Robin Mark VIP. This was ooh, day before yesterday. And the lady's got 120 properties and she's done 24 HMOs in the last year. And she doesn't want to tell anyone. And um, she's got this, you know, really challenging past where she was not the boy and the family really, the family is an Eastern Asian culture. And the family really, really wanted a boy. And she felt like she was a letdown to the family. And each time she was successful, some of her family members would really drag her down to the point where she just moved to the other side of the world, moved to the UK to run away from it. And I'm encouraging her to network and get out into the Facebook communities. And she doesn't want to tell anyone what she does because she thinks people will think she's bragging and she thinks that her family will judge her even though they're on the other side of the world. And I think that's such a shame. So you know who you are. Show the world who you are. You know if you've undersold. You know if you've oversold. Number seven, get clear on your vision and legacy. When you're clear on your vision and legacy, the mark that you're meant to make, the difference that you're meant to make, you know, the purpose of you. When you're clear on that, it's easy not to over and under exaggerate your traits. It's easy to be self-honest. It's easy to make decisions because if they help you towards a vision and legacy, it's a definite hell yes. And if they don't, it's a thank you, but not today or a yes, but later. And therefore you attract and repel the right opportunities to you. Number eight, you want to balance feedback from others with trusting that intuition. So if you don't get feedback from others, your market, you know, your staff, your clients, you don't improve and you may be delusional about the message that you're putting out to the world. But if you're always seeking feedback and you're not trusting who you are, like Steve Jobs always said, he knew how to create a phone more than his customers. And so he trusted his instincts that people wanted to use a finger and not this stupid little toggle thing that you'd pull out the top of a phone that you could easily drop and lose. But you've got to balance that with testing the product and service on people who are going to use it and get their feedback so you can iterate it. And I think that's an important balance. Okay, so then the second step is now you know who you really are, showing the world who you really are. Don't be anything less or anything more than who you really are. And and you could put that into the words of credibility. Credibility is you. Credibility is not telling the world the perception of you that you think the world wants to see. And a lot of people say to me, I don't have enough credibility. But even if you start, you can help people who haven't started yet if you're in a new niche or you've got experience in previous niches that you can transmute forward into this niche. Number two, don't oversell or undersell what you offer. Sell it how it is. Number number three, number three, number three. Trust abundantly that the right people will find you when you show them who you are. Because it does take some faith to say, hey, this is who I am. And, you know, maybe that is someone who's not been in it 20 years. And maybe there's the vulnerability and the mistakes you've made too. That takes some kind of courage and bravery. Not on the survival level, but, you know, you're opening your soul. I used to be an artist. Every time I did a painting and showed it to someone, I'm showing them my soul and I'm very vulnerable. And if they say, oh, I don't like that, I don't like the colours, or that's a bit modern, or that's just a load of paint slapped on a canvas, I would take that as them saying, Rob, I don't like who you are, and you're not good at art. And, of course, that wasn't the reality. But when you show the world who you really are, you will attract the right people into your lives. And that takes some faith and to trust in abundance. You know, there's, what, 7 million billion people on the planet. There's 65 million people in the UK, wherever you are from in the world, through social media. There's more than enough people, even in the most competitive markets, for you to have your fair share to balance making a huge difference and making a huge amount of money too. And you have to kind of trust that. Let the universe do its thing. 
It's actually the best marketing technique in the world to show the world who you really are, what your business is, what it stands for, what it stands against, its strengths, its weaknesses. Now, when we created the values at Progressive Property, progressive, innovative, and personal, we also had a fourth value of prepared. But we've not really that prepared. How can you be innovative and disruptive and prepared? And that wasn't really being honest about who we are. We wanted to be more prepared. You know, we didn't want to make mistakes. And uh, you know, we, we wanted to make sure all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. But the reality is you can't be first and fast and you know, really planned and prepared. So we realized that isn't really who we are. And it's okay. So we dropped that from our value. And that doesn't mean we don't try and plan. It just means that if we need to be fast, we're going to be fast. So the downsides of progressive, innovative and personal are chaotic, disruptive. You know, we, we, we maybe make a few little silly mistakes. You know, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming because we're moving so fast. Sometimes, you know, we can think that there's so much going on in life, but that's also exciting and exhilarating. And I think when I really accepted progressive for that and didn't try and be everything, didn't try to be planned, prepared, systemized and fast, you know, revolution rather than evolution, we just attracted the right people. And if you want slow and steady and consistent and predictable, that's absolutely fine. But we're not right for you. And it's OK to admit that. So the best marketing technique in the world is to be really clear on who you are, create a very compelling message that explains that very clearly and concisely and then letting the world see it. And that includes the next step, which is allowing yourself to be vulnerable and even making fun of it. The best comedians in the world, they'll self-deprecate. The best public speakers in the world, they'll self-deprecate. Now, when you make fun of yourself and the vulnerabilities about you, you give other people permission to do it too, which creates a great bond. If, they, you know, if people feel confident enough to give you critical feedback or to kind of, in a, in a fun way, make fun of you, that shows they've got great trust in you and great rapport with you. And also when you do it, you own it and people will realise you're self-aware. They'll realise you don't take yourself too seriously. They'll realise you're honest and that will be a great trust builder. So, hey, why not even make fun of some of the, the crazy things that you do? At least it shows the world again who you really are. Admit your mistakes, number six, but also claim your victories. Be first to admit where you went wrong, but allow yourself to bask in the glory of your successes. And um, to be honest, even though I'm pretty well known for running my mouth off, I probably don't do that enough. No one knows I've got a degree in architecture. Most people don't know that I um, had, had 100% in my um, GCSE art. Most people don't know that one of my companies won Business of the Year last year. And um, yeah, maybe that's a bit of feedback for myself as well. Number seven, be clear on your boundaries. Be clear on what you say yes to and what you say no to. Now, all these points link together. So when you're clear on your vision and clear on your legacy and clear on your message and honest about your strengths and weaknesses, it's very easy to say yes to this opportunity and no to this opportunity. But when you're confused, you'll either say yes to too many things or you'll say no to the, to the wrong things that were right. So be clear on your boundaries. What, what is it that you do? And therefore, only say yes to the things that get you there quicker and help you get there. And say no politely. It's very important to say no politely, by the way. I get dozens and dozens of messages now, probably a day, with this opportunity, that opportunity. And, um, you know, sometimes you're busy and you're overwhelmed. You're like, oh, but, you know, I, there was a day 11 years ago where I had no customers and no brand. And I wished that some people would present me an opportunity. So thanks for thinking of me. Yes, but not today. Get back to me in a few months. Or this isn't right for me at this time. Or I've got probably one too many things going on. Once I clear that down, then maybe I can think about this. Because, you know, it might not be right now, but it might be right in six months. So having the awareness to, is it right or wrong? Is it the right time or the wrong time? So don't overly repress or overly express 
your emotions and your message, especially publicly. If you overly repress your emotions in business and life, you'll become what's deemed as a passive aggressive and you'll have this massive flip out like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. It'll be public and then all of a sudden you'll ruin your brand and you'll ruin, you know, you'll push your staff and your loved ones away. And I used to be very passive aggressive because I didn't have the strength and courage and volition and clarity of who I am to just hold my boundaries and say to people, no, or, you know, stand up for what I believed in. So I'd repress it, repress it, repress it. It would build inside and then it would manifest in me smashing up some of my art or smashing up computers or having major, almost semi-meltdowns, you know, privately. Thank goodness there was no social media 11 years ago when I was doing that. And I see a lot of people making these huge rants publicly and that's just building a huge amount of bad will. And you can only do that a couple of times before people will just completely distance themselves from you. So overly repressing or overly expressing your emotions privately or publicly will do you damage. So balance that. Number nine, know that you're a unique individual, a beautiful human being who's perfectly imperfect, who's a genius in your own right, who's got a life story that people can learn from, which is converted into a marketing message that the world needs to hear. And it's mixed with full of vulnerabilities and failures and struggles and then some victories and some continued learning And I think when you show that message to the world, warts and all, you're going to be such a powerful marketer. You're going to attract such great people into your life that you really will have this abundance mentality and you really will be able to make that money and make the difference that you want to make and leave a lasting legacy. All right. So I hope you found this slightly different podcast useful. Remember to join the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. There's 174 different countries that subscribe to this podcast and over 400,000 people. And not all of you are in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. And we have lots of unique content in there that's not on the podcast. Lots of great debate. Just more of the same. Also, a lot of video content. Uh, Hey, it's free. Uh, So make sure you join us there. And please do review the podcast. I know you haven't reviewed if you're listening because only 245 people have. So I want to get the message out to the world. The reason I want to do that is because my vision is to help create global financial freedom and educate the world to to be able to make more money and make more of a difference and help the next generation have better education around money. And I think that there's a lot of hang-ups in the world about money and a lot of myths about money spouted by a lot of people who don't have money and have really bad hang-ups about money. And the more people I get to through the podcast and, you know, my social media channels, the more great people I can attract to interview, the more free information I can give to you. So, um, you know, if you help me, I can help you back in return. So please don't do go and leave a review for the podcast. Now, of course, I can't tell you that you should leave five stars, but if you're going to think about how many stars to leave, I would recommend five. And please do give an honest review of the things you think are good. And even if you think there's an improvement I could make along the way. Thanks a lot, then. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything.